Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who will make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hi friend, I am so excited that we get to hang out again today. Today on the podcast, I'll be chatting with Annie Quigley of AnnieQuigleyArtist.com. She creates the most gorgeous floral-themed canvases. If you know me, you know I'm pretty floral-obsessed. So basically, anytime I visit her shop, I want to buy just about everything. (laughs) Her artwork is just beautiful. She's such a talented artist. Annie is also a mom to two little girls, and her husband is in the National Guard. And what you'll discover during our interview with Annie is that she built her business while her husband was deployed for 14 months, and she had two little babies at home. Her little girl are only about a year apart. So she had babies at home, husband deployed, bootstrap budget. She even talked about, you know, finding her painting supplies at garage sales and things like that. She said she probably started her business with about a hundred (laughs) dollar investment and her business provides a full-time income for her family now. So it's just incredible the way Annie has grown. And she has this wonderful philosophy that I wholeheartedly believe in, which is just taking baby steps every single day. Annie is a stay-at-home mom like many of you are. She works on her business and grows it in the margins. And by simply taking baby steps every single day for the past four years, she has built an incredible business. So you're going to love hearing from Annie. Let's get to it. So today on the podcast, I'm here with Annie Quigley, and her shop is AnnieQuigleyArtist.com. She paints the most beautiful floral canvases, and she has prints, and, and she also uses her gorgeous designs on some other really interesting products. And I think I stumbled across Annie on Instagram and immediately just loved everything she was doing. And we, you know, kind of connected and started messaging back and forth. And what do you know? She said yes (laughs) to coming on my podcast. And I'm just, I'm so excited to have you here, Annie. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I love Instagram for just connecting with people. I feel like I've made so many good friends that way. I know. I feel like oftentimes like we get so discouraged with Instagram, but I remind myself every day that like, it's really so good. Like there are so many connections. I made on Instagram and honestly would not have had the business that I have if it weren't for Instagram. So yeah, I love that. Yes. And we're definitely going to hear more about that (laughs) on this interview. (laughs) So first I would love to hear more about how you got into painting because I know you're a self-taught artist. I'm so curious about that journey for you. Okay. So it's kind of cliche, but I feel like a lot of artists say I've always done painting. I've always been an artist. I come from a really creative family. My mom is super creative. My dad is creative in different ways. He's the been into like landscaping, but we're all more like right brain kind of people. So I was raised in an environment where my mom just always encouraged creativity. So that is kind of where I get my 
love and passion for artwork and creating artwork. In high school, I took art classes and I had an incredible art teacher in high school. So I had a really good foundation for the fundamentals of drawing and painting and all that. Artwork is always a way of getting through the hard times in life. So I always had that. But then once I graduated high school, did all that, four or five years went by and I hadn't done anything. Then I started painting again when my family had a shop. We had a little gift and well, it wasn't that little, but it was a home and gift boutique. And I actually lived in the apartment upstairs and I ran the shop with my mom and she just kept on encouraging me like, Annie, like start painting again, start painting again. And I started painting again and then I haven't stopped since. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that is how this business started. How I started selling my artwork was really just from the encouragement of my mom to like start painting again. And I got really serious with it. I've always been creative. So I had a photography business prior to that. When I was 18, I had a photography business and then I did that up until the time my first daughter was born. And then I got really serious about selling my artwork because I wanted to work from home and be a mom. Love that. So when did you first set up your own online shop to sell your artwork? So like I said, I started selling my artwork in our family boutique. So I did that for like a year. And then my daughters are just under a year apart. So I got pregnant back to back. And then it was when my second daughter was like three weeks old was when I remember she was like laying down the futon. I was like leaning against the futon, setting up my Etsy shop. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to start selling online because I had only sold at the boutique at our family shop at that point. And I had received so much encouragement. So I finally like mustered up the courage to navigate the world of Etsy. And I, I set up online when she was three weeks old. So that was four years ago. Wow. You know what's so interesting? I feel like so many moms I've talked to have this. It's like you get so much done in that period, like right after you have a baby yeah. or that's where like a new idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like springs <laughs> forth. Yeah. I started painting. I was pregnant with my first and it's funny. I love your intro when you talk about running business in the margins because I don't know anything else. All mm -hmm. I know is running business in little chunks of time, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's totally doable. Yeah. And that's something else. You know, I didn't realize until I think you mentioned this maybe a couple weeks ago where you said that this is now your family's full-time income, right? Yeah. So you're military, right? Uh, we were. Yeah. So Chris just left active duty. Yeah. This last summer. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, he, my husband's National Guard, which is monthly. So Kevin's home about 75% of the year. He's had trips that were anywhere from like two weeks to three weeks. But when he's not away with military, he's home. So like 75% of the year, this is our family's sole income. Wow, that's incredible. And so you first started out on Etsy. Talk to me about the early days of getting sales and even just figuring out what your style and focus was going to be for your shop. So when I first started painting, we had our home and gift boutique and my style of painting was, I think, heavily influenced on that. I got into florals because my mom has always loved floral everything. So I get my love for flowers from her. And then my dad is also, it's funny, he's a retired New York City fireman, but he has always kept the most beautiful garden in our backyard that's filled with the most beautiful flowers. So I've always been surrounded by just beautiful flowers. So I have a love and appreciation for florals and color. But at the time when I started painting, we had our home and gift boutique and was super trendy. 
and it was like the bright robin's egg blue and the coral and the pink and that is right when I started getting back into painting again so I think my style is very influenced by like the really sweet florals of like vintage napkins and tablecloths and linens and all that so that's where I kind of developed my style from and when I first started painting I painted probably every single day for two or three years wow I get that question a lot how you kind of like develop your style and honestly you just got to paint you just got to do it prior to starting my business I've always had a really strong appreciation for realistic drawing and that is what I loved and that was what I knew but what I do now is so different than that you know so I developed my style from just painting every single day. That's such great advice. And I think it's something we all take for granted. I mean, I, well, I wish I was super amazing at something really creative, but as far as like, let's take Facebook ads, for example, or some of these other things, like how did, you know, people want to know, how did you get good at this? Yeah. It's, well, I was inside ads manager every single day, tinkering and testing. Yeah. yeah. So same idea. It takes time. Everyone says it seems like things just happen, like things just fall into place. Everyone who finds quote unquote success in the creative entrepreneurial world like it doesn't happen overnight it takes so much work it takes practice you know like and you know this you don't just fall into success it takes work and then the second part of the question about the early days and getting sales on Etsy I don't remember what triggered me to start an Instagram account we had our family shop at the time and we were only on Facebook and our Facebook was pretty active like I was Instagram wasn't super big then I remember I was starting an Instagram my mom was like nobody's on Instagram Instagram. Don't do that. <laughs> but I was like, no, like, I think I'm going to do Instagram. And I started and I posted a picture of my first painting. And I remember I got like two likes or something. But within the year, I don't know why or how, but like it kind of just took off. And I would have restocks on my Etsy where I would just put new paintings up in my Etsy shop like once a week or twice a month. And they would sell out within minutes. And then, oh my goodness. Yeah. It was crazy. Every single week, I just felt so encouraged. And I just kept doing that and doing that. And honestly, it was exhausting. You know, that led to burnout. But Instagram is how I got all of my sales. But I think what led to the success of having sales on Etsy was the fact that I had initially had formed a ton of relationships through our family shop and our local community. So I think the relationships that I formed in our local community was what led to the success I found like when I was just starting out. Because I know the online world can be hard. And I feel like if you're only online, it can be really discouraging. So I often tell people, if you're just starting out, like get into your local shops and form relationships that way. Don't just jump head in and sell your work online and wonder why no one's buying it, you know? Because I think my success online was due to I formed relationships with our local community. And I think that really paid off, you know? That's so true. I think we take for granted one, the power of our own network, mm -hmm. you know, of our friends and family and yes. them being our first customers and first cheerleaders. Yes. And then the fact that they help spread the word as well yeah. to get us in front of new people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like business success is so much about relationship building Absolutely. and people take that for granted. It's like, you know, we all want the new strategy to get more traffic <laughs> to our shop. Mm -hmm. And those are great. But <laughs> yeah. honestly, I mean, I, I see at this point in my business that it's still the personal relationships that I form with my audience that are the most powerful. Mm -hmm. And you do such a good job with that. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just so fun. I've loved Instagram stories for that reason. I just feel like I have all these friends that I DM yeah. now and it's, it's really fun. 
It is. It's so fun. And that's something I think a lot of people take for granted. Like if you have one person getting in touch with you through Instagram, like you give them the very best of you that you can give. And then you go from there. Like it's not about having all the numbers and all the people, you know, it's about like you start where you're at. And then don't just shoot for the stars right from the very beginning, because that's how you get so defeated so quickly. Mm, That's so true. And you're so right. Give them the best that you can, because then they'll you know, they could be a loyal customer forever. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And spread the word about you. Yeah. In your case, too, I mean, you're so blessed that you create this gorgeous artwork that then is living in people's homes. And so I'm sure, you know, people are coming into that customer's home and seeing your gorgeous work and asking, where did you get this from? (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's so cool. I love getting pictures. It's so cheesy. I try and send personalized notes into my each of my packages. And I asked for pictures because getting those customer pictures mean so much. They're so exciting. Every time I get one, I run to my husband. I'm like, ah, look at the picture I just got. (laughs) I get so excited, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's like this work that you created and now it's in someone else's home. That is exciting. It's so cool. So, okay. I know some of my listeners, their ears totally perked up when you talked about every time you would restock your Etsy shop and you would sell out so quickly. And they're going, okay, Annie, you're saying that your Instagram just took off and you don't know how. They're going to want more details. And even I'm curious, like how many Instagram followers did you have at that point where it was enough of a following that like they are just grabbing up your new products right away? I think at that point I had like about three or 5,000. Okay. So it wasn't a ton. At that point, my girls were babies. I had a one-year-old and a newborn. And from the time my youngest was six months old, I had them both on the same nap schedule. And with my youngest, I made sure I did one long nap in the middle of the day. I knew that was my time to work. I painted and then I just showed like sneak peeks throughout the week. And then people knew that they were going to be on my Etsy shop by the end of the week or in the beginning of the next week. That goes with your product launches, you know, like the anticipation of a product launch, like creating, I guess, scarcity and then the hype of it too, knowing that they'll be able to get the product at the end of the week. Right. And how many products would you release on average? I would always try and shoot for like a monetary amount, like, okay, I want to make this much this week. So I would shoot to create that amount of product, if that makes sense. So it would probably be like between 20 and 30 paintings. But at that point, I was painting like really small pieces, like I would only paint during nap time. And then I would have a day where I would varnish them all and load them on my website. So at that point, it was like 20 or 30 pieces a week. Wow. If you're going to grow a business when you have kids, it's easiest to do it when they're that age, that young. You know what I mean? I'm finding it slightly easier now because, well, Holden's eight and Levi's two, and I can gate them up in the playroom and they'll play together and like know they're like safe and Mm -hmm. happy. And so I can be like nearby working. I had no idea what I was doing, but the very best advice from my mom was routine. It's like, make sure you have a routine. Like I painted every single day for two Mm -hmm. years. I had the same routine for my children every single day for two years. And also my husband was deployed during that time too. He was deployed for all in all like 14 months that he was gone so I think it was really hard but I think when your husband's not around it's a lot easier it's like you put yourself in survival mode we did the whole 
one long nap in the middle of the day. They both always napped at the same time. And it was all because I stuck to the routine. Right. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of that routine too. I think for Levi, once he was a year old, then we're like, okay. And we kind of got serious about what his routine would look like. He had reflux as well. So like it took a while before I felt more comfortable doing the sleep training because I was always worried that he was uncomfortable and like needed to be held upright. He would get so upset sometimes when you would put him down that I was like, I think he's hurting yeah you know it's so tricky every child is so different you know yeah but I'm so with you on the routine and I truly believe that like I want to encourage moms out there of like fight for that routine man yeah like it might take a lot more time effort and work and maybe even some heartache and maybe even some tears but like it is a lifesaver and then your kids are getting more sleep as well I mean then they're happier too so yeah that now nap time, the fact that they are really good nappers has been my saving grace and the reason why I have been able to do this. But to offer encouragement to moms who are in the toddler stage of life, I guess toddler on, because that's where I'm at now. They're going to be four and five in a couple months. I find it a lot more difficult to find those super duper productive times in the day because the time that you have to work is in so many chunks. They require so much more from us mentally. But as they get older, I've just focused on baby steps. Like I can't grow my business quite as fast as I did in the beginning, but it's totally fine because now I do a little bit of work on my business every single day, whether it's a half hour of time or two hours of time in my business. And it all adds up. At the end of the month, it's like, oh my gosh, it doesn't feel like I worked a lot, but I did. I got so much done. I love that. And I just think your story is such proof to any mom out there who is saying, I would love to build a business online, but right? Like yeah. we all have some buts, yeah. you know? <laughs> and you had a ton. I mean, you had babies and they yeah. weren't sleeping through the night and your husband was deployed. And, you know, I'm sure I you were on a bootstrap budget and (laughs) you know all of these things that could have held you back but you just did what you could with what you had and now you bring home a full-time income with your artwork which is just amazing yeah and it's funny you say about like you do what you can with what you have that has been what I've done from the very beginning and honestly, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to my husband about that last night. I feel like I'm at the point now where I don't want to do what I can, but I have anymore. (laughs) So (laughs) I still work from the corner of my kitchen and I love my little space. It's so wonderful. And I started my business on less than a hundred dollars. Like on it, was probably $50. Wow. I worked on a table that I got for free at a yard sale. I had brushes that I got at a yard sale like years prior. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I have heard so many times women are like, I love art work and I would love to work from home. I would love to start a business uh, while being a mom and sell my art online. And I'm like, you can, you can do it. You know, like (laughs) I did it. I don't have college education. I'm not business minded, but you figure it out as you go and you just do it. Right. I love that. I'm very passionate about that. I love it. It shows and it's just wonderful. Okay, talk to me more about Instagram because this is my hunch and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but are you still getting the vast majority of your traffic and sales via Instagram? Yes, I get almost 100% of my sales from Instagram. I have ventured out to do craft shows and in-person events and I really enjoy those for meeting my customers and meeting those who follow me online. It's really fun to meet people in person. But yeah, 
I still get the majority of my sales through Instagram. Okay. And actually, it was, I guess, a year ago now. I do art licensing as well. So I started selling those products on my website. And that kind of completely changed my business because I don't just sell my hand-painted items now. I sell prints as well as dish towels and mugs and more practical pieces like gift items on my website. Now, when you say art licensing, does that mean that, do you just mean putting your gorgeous prints on other products or do you mean that you license them out to other companies as well? Yeah, so I'm I'm licensed with one company and everyone at the office is so kind and wonderful and it's been such an amazing experience and opportunity because she has such a wide reach as far as stores, both small boutiques and large stores all across the country. I got a picture from a friend on Instagram the other day that one of my pieces was in Francesca's, which is so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Yeah. So then basically you're just getting like a royalty check from that company. Yeah. So I get royalties from my licensing. Okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. Did she find you or did you seek that out? That's another thing. I think online, it kind of seems like when people find success, it's because they were found or like they had their big break because someone found them and like they were approached and it was all like a big fun thing. But I feel like 99% of the time, that's not the case. You know, these artists put together portfolios and they work really hard to present their work and you do the work to like put yourself out there. And she didn't find me. I actually connected with one of the artists that she works with and he was so kind and spoke to the office and I got in that way. But that was after emailing twice. Like I got turned away. Oh, okay. So like I got turned away and I tried again, you know. That is, oh, I love that. I mean, I don't love that you got turned away. But But I love that you tried again because, yeah, so many people would be like, oh, I guess it's just a no. And they would just leave it at that. I know. Now, how long did you wait before you tried again? I think it was a year or two. Oh, okay. I was hoping you were going to say like in a month. Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah, no. I forget. It was probably six months from the last time I emailed and the time I got the offer to have a collection of my artwork. It was probably six months from the time I sent my work in to the time I got the opportunity to actually create the line of products. Okay. And then that actually happened right in the middle of my husband's deployment. And I remember I got the email, like I have never felt so much excitement in my whole entire life. That was the coolest, coolest thing. Cause I remember when we had our family shop, like we carried her items from her catalog in our shop. And I just remember being like, when we had the shop, my mom and I would be like, you know, one day Mm -hmm. you're going to have products with her. And it's really, it's still surreal. It really is. I love that. Okay. Talk to me more about Instagram because to me, I feel like it's the most powerful platform online right now as far as building up your business and building relationships, gaining new customers. Now you strike me as someone because you're so creative that you probably don't have like this step-by-step strategy that you're, (laughs) you know, following. I tried. What are the main things that you feel like really contribute to building up your business there? Okay. So I feel like in the last year, I've really like gotten a lot better and feeling good about Instagram because it's so up and down. It's so unreliable, but it's gotten far more consistent and it's been really encouraging recently. So I don't record my analytics, but I'm constantly like looking at basically which posts perform the best and go from there. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, show your face, show your face. Like people want to see your face. And the posts where I show my face do so, so, so bad. 
<laughs> so bad. It's so weird. Right. You know what? That is so smart of you, though, to be studying your analytics, yeah. right? I mean, because like if you just blanket did what the experts tell you to do, you would be doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Cause I was doing that. Like I was really like honing in on like trying to come up with a plan, like talk about five different things and cycle them through, but it wasn't working. I felt constantly defeated. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to show my face anymore. I show up on Instagram stories, not super frequently, but more frequently than I ever have before. They can see my face on there. My face is in my profile. Everyone's like, oh, my Instagram following grew by double when I showed my face. And I have an artist profile. I don't think people care about, I mean, there are people who care about my life, but like they're here for the artwork. They love the artwork. Most of my posts now are just pictures of digital art with a quote or just florals because those are the posts that did the best. And I don't show my workspace a whole lot like I do every now and then. I don't show behind the scenes, not to be inauthentic, but because that's just not what people want to see. That goes to show everyone's audience is completely different. That's so true. Yeah. So I love what you said, though, about being a student of your analytics. Yeah. That's just so smart. Everyone is screaming so loud. Be authentic on Instagram and show your behind the scenes. And you, we should show our behind the scenes, but don't do it because that's what everyone's telling you to do. Do it because that's what your people really want to see. And when I do that, it doesn't seem to benefit anything. So I stopped doing it <laughs> and it's been fine, you know? Right. And I started posting more and more what then the posts that do the best and that is when I find the most growth and success on Instagram you just got to really dive into the analytics and all that so smart so I noticed you use hashtags yes. pretty frequently on your posts mm -hmm. do you find that hashtags bring you quite a lot of new eyeballs on your content yeah and I was actually talking to a friend about this recently I don't know if like hashtags well they started doing you can follow a hashtag mm -hmm. so I wonder if that's made a huge difference but a year ago I was hardly using hashtags at all because they weren't doing anything hmm. but then when I, when I would use them I would get like nine views from hashtags but now honestly like sometimes it's like 60 to 80 percent of my views come from hashtags whoa it blows my mind that is not the case for me that's so interesting <laughs> but yeah I mean I think for creative business owners like it makes so much sense to me because people do go to those hashtags and they're just drooling over the gorgeous yeah. print and artwork and creative things like people aren't drooling over business tip posts you know? <laughs> it's just not the same thing I mean yeah it's so different I remember like I would never get more than 10 views from hashtags like just a year ago and now I get up to like 10,000 views just <gasps> from hashtags alone are you kidding me yeah on one post you could get 10,000 views yeah it's from crazy. The hashtags yeah <gasps> it blows oh my, my mind <laughs> that is crazy that is crazy so apparently anyone who thinks hashtags don't work you need to give them another try absolutely and I use plans do you use plan do you use any I haven't used plan but I've heard such good things about it I love it so I I don't write out my posts beforehand but I plan out the whole like I usually have like 10 15 pictures ready to go but plan puts together your best performing hashtag set so oh. which is really cool so I can just copy and paste and that makes it super easy to say before that I would like write out the hashtags every single time and it's just super annoying <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, plan makes it really easy. Just copy and paste and it takes two seconds to do. Okay. Now does plan give you hashtag recommendations and ideas as well? Um, I don't think so. Okay. They'll just tell you these are your best performing ones. Yeah. Okay. So I always try to have like half of them being like lifestyle type, like home decor hashtags and the other half be targeted towards like more creative, like art-based hashtags. So I don't know. Figuring out hashtags and researching them is honestly like a part-time job in and of itself. So I don't devote a ton of time to it. But I mean, I have devoted a little bit of time to it and it's definitely helped, especially with the algorithm because without using hashtags, I don't think my posts would get seen by even like 2% of the people who are following. Okay. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I was just looking. So for reference, everyone, Andy's got 12,500 Instagram followers. And so you can get up to 10,000 views from your hashtag. Yeah. And my hunch would be that you might get what, like a thousand or two, 2,000, maybe 3,000 views from your followers? Yeah. So it's usually on an average post, I probably get like 8,000 gotcha. total. Okay. But like on a really good post, I can get up to like 20,000 views and like 80% of it will be from hashtags. But on average, like 60% of my views are from hashtags and then I get like 8,000 views total. Right. Okay. Now, do you notice that like when you have a post that's doing so well like that, are you gaining quite a lot of new followers as well? Yeah. So Instagram just came out with this new like creator profile. Have you seen that? No. So I haven't really dug deep into it. I honestly don't think it's like super different than having like a business profile. But I did notice it tells you how many people unfollow you every week, which is interesting. So I assume that's all like the bots who are like doing the whole follow unfollow thing. Since I started really only kind of focusing on posting those artwork posts, like that only show my artwork, I feel like it's been a lot easier to grow. Mm. And then I also get a lot of not bots, but like those social media yeah. growth people. Like, people yeah. like me, except no. I don't do what those people yeah. do. I only yeah. follow accounts that I love and want to just be like friends with them. And yeah. I don't go back and unfollow. That drives me crazy. I know. But I feel like in the last six months, it's been like the easiest and most authentic Instagram growth that I've had since I started. That's recently yeah. I did some giveaways and which is really fun. I really do enjoy doing giveaways, but you have to plan those out. And and I don't have time because I'm still a one person show and I'm not super good at planning the giveaways out. But right. I don't know, like the last six months, I feel like something just clicked and things are finally like working. I mean, obviously, there's weeks where it's terrible and it's really frustrating. But for the most part, overall, if I were to compare this to last year, Instagram has been going so, so well. And I 100% recommend it to any mom who wants to start and grow a business from home. I love that. Okay, so I have heard the advice that when it comes to hashtags and their success and all of this, that the other thing you're supposed to do is like engage okay. on those hashtags you're targeting like before you post and oh. then right after you post. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I've never heard that. Keeping up with how to please the algorithm is honestly like a part-time job yeah. in and of itself. So when people engage with your posts, like talk back to them. Mm -hmm. And I've just been focusing on like the individual, you know, forming relationships with people, be their friends, like truly care about the people who are taking time out of their day to talk with you. You know, right. like I value every single person who takes the time to send a message, to comment, to anything like they are taking time out of their day. Right. I love that. It comes down 
to like being a human being and caring about other people. And when you do that, I feel like you don't have to worry about the logistics because they just don't matter. Like honestly, the algorithm cares about are people engaging with your posts and are you engaging back and all those kinds of things. So if you truly care about serving your audience and you talk about this in your product launch course, like you speak directly to the women who you want to speak to, and then they're going to talk back. Like you have your target customer and you speak directly to her, then that's going to like pull on the heartstrings and they're going to talk back to you and it's going to feel more natural and you're not going to have to feel like, oh, I have to follow all the rules to please the algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm someone who shops online quite a bit and like all of my favorite businesses are like run by people that I feel like are like my friends. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, and they're really all just like women that I just discovered. Mostly I discovered them on Instagram and I'm just like, oh, I love what they're doing. I love who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, because you just show up as yourself. And even though, like you said, in your case, you're mostly sharing pictures of your prints, I still get a sense for who you are from the way you write your captions and what you share about. And so, so yeah, yeah, it's like your personality still completely comes through. And I just feel like no big business can beat that for me. Like they're not going to be able to be my friends the way you are or the way my new favorite scrunchie company is or, (laughs) you know, it's just different. It is. It's so different. And it's hard trying to compete with, you know, like Target and Hobby Lobby and things like that, especially as an artist. Mm -hmm. But the big box stores never going to be able to compete with what small companies have to offer. There's always going to be a market. There's always going to be people who support small business, you know, and I just have to remind myself of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm one of those people where not that I wouldn't shop at Target. I do. But if I'm at Target and I see a gorgeous floral print, what's going to occur to me is, oh, I bet Annie has something similar. Or I might even be able to ask Annie if she might paint some, uh, you know what I mean? And so that's what I would do. That's so funny. There have been times at Hobby Lobby where like I saw the most beautiful floral canvas and I know they're done by artists because being in the licensing world, like I know artists are being supported that way. But whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, it's so pretty, Kevin, we should get it. And Kevin's like, um, no, I know an artist who can paint a piece for our home. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Okay, so and I know I've been obsessed with Instagram, but I just it's so interesting. And I think it's so encouraging to me. It seems like the bulk of your strategy is basically one, produce excellent, gorgeous work (laughs) Two, post photos of gorgeous work. Three, study your insights to know like what's working Four, use, you know, relevant hashtags. And then like, five, be a real person and engage with all the people that show you love. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, that's (laughs) the gist. That is the gist. Cool. So (laughs) I'm curious though, how do you feel about Instagram stories and how does that play into your business? I have recently, I didn't really use stories. Like I did a little bit, but it did not benefit anything at all because I didn't use them well. But I just recently started using them more intentionally and I feel like that helped with sales. I love that. So do you ever use hashtags on your Instagram stories? I don't because it never really occurred to me to do that. My engagement on my stories is, I don't want to say bad, but it's like, I mean, it's not that great. But I did think, I wonder if it will change if I use hashtags. Yes, because I started playing around with that about six months ago, I'd say. Okay. Or maybe a little more than that. 
It's total trial and error. Mm -hmm. I use bigger hashtags than what I would use in my feed. So it's like a different game that way. So like whatever hashtags work in your feed, they might be a little, although I think you probably rank for bigger hashtags with your feed. So you could probably start with some of the same ones. Usually I'll just use one. I only will use like two at the most. Okay. And then like shrink them down and hide them. But the thing with stories, it doesn't serve the same purpose as your feed. I feel like with stories, it's just different. It's a different experience. Right. I mean, it's more personal too, which can be really nice. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting too, because if I compare like when Instagram stories first came out and I would occasionally use it, I got way more organic views on my stories back then because I think it was so new. So I think not as many business owners were using it. So people's stories like little feeds weren't as busy. Now, not the case. However, I basically just decided for myself, like, I want to try to do, you know, stories every Every day, and I've been doing that for maybe eight or nine months. And even though the number each day isn't enormous, like I'm with you, I'm, I mean, I get less viewers than that on average on one of my stories, unless I stumble across a winning hashtag that worked well. Mm-hmm. But over time, I mean, it's just so many people that I'm building up yeah. wonderful relationships with. Even if it's 500 people that are seeing your story, that's a big number, you know? Right. It's like when you're first starting out, your reach is like a higher percentage it seems like right yeah because you're small and grassroots and yeah it does seem like you can reach more of your followers so yeah I mean I've been encouraging all my students on that lately of like listen I don't care how many views you're getting on your stories Mm -hmm. like commit to it and do it because it's just powerful I think about too because I would get discouraged too I'd be like oh I'm reaching like 350 or maybe 400 people in that 24-hour period with the story Mm -hmm. but then it's like it's not always the same people every day and so really there's more like you know 1200 or 1500 like bffs that i have (laughs) you know through stories and so it's like wow you know yeah yeah, it really adds up over time it does and i do think using stories is like much easier to make sales than to make sales through your feed having like a product-based shop it has been easier making sales through stories that is so encouraging too so Everyone listen up. (laughs) If you have an online shop, (laughs) listen to Annie. Well, Annie, this has been so much fun. I've loved chatting with you. I love your approach to business. And I, of course, love your artwork (laughs) and have some of it in my home now. As we wrap up, Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you could share? Oh, (laughs) so we just recently transitioned our kids into big girl beds way late. Like they never tried climbing out of their cribs. So there was just no rush. So we just recently we went to Ikea, got bunk beds for them. And so we have an alarm set for them every single morning. And it's so cute because I'm usually up a little bit before their alarm and I hear their alarm go off and their little feet like scurrying across their room. Turn it off. And then they come inside and they give us a little kiss. And then that's how I start my day every day. And it's just the sweetest. That is super cute. And then I walk downstairs. Like I try and wake up and I walk downstairs and my Bella, the five-year-old, she always gets her little oatmeal thing and bowl and spoon ready to go for me to make her breakfast. And it's just been so sweet. It's been a really fun transition. Oh, I love that. There's so many sweet routines that we get to experience as moms that, you know, we try not to take those for granted. Just sweet, everyday little moments. I know. That walking downstairs to see, and she's so much like my husband with like, everything has to be just so. Like her spoons are perfectly aligned. The bowls are right next to each other. Everything's all in a straight line. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's cute. It's hysterical. <laughs> well, thank you again, Annie. This was so much fun. And just remind everyone one more time, where's the best place they can find you online? I'm on Instagram and I post there almost daily at Annie Quigley underscore artist. And my website is AnnieQuigleyArtist.com. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on your podcast. I've been listening to it forever and it's been so valuable in my business. It's been so fun chatting with you. Oh, thanks. Did you not just love hearing from Annie? I love how her strategy involves just taking baby steps every single day. She focuses on honing her craft. I love that her Instagram strategy is simple and straightforward. She's not spending hours a day messing around with all sorts of crazy, complicated tactics or anything. She's doing the kinds of things that any of us as mamapreneurs can do. Now, Annie is actually in my group coaching program for brilliant product launches right now. Oh my goodness, I love having her in there. And while that program is not currently open for enrollment, you can get a small taste at my Brilliant Product Launch system by signing up for my free marketing plan. So if you head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan, you can grab that free 20-page plan. This is not like a cheesy, oh, just do these five basic steps and the end. Like I walk you through every single step in detail because I don't like to leave anything to chance. And I know as busy moms, the easiest way to get off track is to not know what step to take next, right? So I like to break it all down for you in bite-sized baby steps that you can take to craft that marketing plan and bring in more customers for your business. So again, head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan. I can't wait for you to get your hands on that and grow your business. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.